Infinite Properties is the complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. This week was really, really intense. I hope you guys were able to hold it together and get through your week uh, in a healthy manner. Um, I hope that you guys are staying strong and sticking to whatever your regimen is to help you through your mental health illnesses or your uh, depression or whatever may be attempting to affect you. I hope that you guys were able to get through it um, with some sort of ease and comfort. Um, and even if you weren't able to, I hope that you guys just continue to fight the good fight so that, you know, as long as you're breathing, you you uh, you live to fight another day. Um, this week for me was beyond exhausting, um, intense per usual work was work was OK to an extent. Um, I've been working um, crazy overtime hours just trying to prepare for this move that I have coming, uh, and it's difficult. Like I told you guys, I think I told you guys before the upstairs AC is not working still, uh, pumping out hot air. So sitting up there for 11 hours a day, um, on top of doing my work on top of, um, my kids on top of getting acclimated with having cinnamon, my little mini poodle, it's just, it's exhausting trying to, to get everything together. Um, the high amounts of stress, really take me off of my square if i'm you know if i'm being honest it really creates a difficult day uh it creates difficult days let me say for me um because on one end i'm trying to just enjoy and be peaceful uh in life and can control or and control what i can control and don't worry about what i can't control but it's difficult uh for me when i feel like and i don't i don't know if anybody else goes through this but it feels like when i'm chilling because i have stuff to do right like I said, I have to prepare for this move. I have to get everything situated, collect the monies, yada, yada, whatever. Um, I feel like when I have those type of things to do, resting is not an option. Um, so I'll just, cinnamon. So I'll just, um, I'll keep it pushing. No matter how stressed I am, no matter how exhausted I am, no matter how difficult it becomes, I just keep, I, I'll keep going going through it because my mind feels like resting is wrong when um when there's stuff on the table that needs to to be off per se on one end i feel like it is helpful that you know i persevere and i, I keep fighting keep going but on the other end it's like when the exhaustion hits it hits you know what i mean like i've been like my day has been blending for a long time now um in this week it got like really, really worse um, than the weeks before because my days were blending, blending. Like I felt like, you know, literally I was working, I blink once and then I'm back at work. Um, sleep was very, like you get to that point of exhaustion to where you're able to fall asleep instantly, but then, you know, your, your natural sleep schedule kicks in. So then you're tossing and you're turning and it just gets, it gets crazy. So I was dealing with that. 
and just trying to to not focus on the negative stuff that is um, trying to to get to me, right? I know that it is necessary for these things to happen. Unfortunately, this has been what my life is. Um, the moment I start seeking change, the moment you know that I put myself in the position to reset, to uh, to want to be better or move to the next level of what I consider better in my journey, it's hectic. Uh, I said it last week until, you know, until you start being in that moment of, you know what, this is not for me. It's time to elevate. It's time to move forward. Like everything seems okay. But then when you start to look at different angles of it, it's like, nah, it's, it's not okay. I don't, I don't want this for myself. Um, but through everything, because I know a lot of times it sounds like it's either a woe is me or it sounds like I'm complaining, but that's not the, the case for me. It's more so of me learning through um, the trials and tribulations, me learning through the discomfort, me uh, understanding, me getting a clearer view of what's really going on in my life without emotions, um, without feeling just logic, right? Uh, the realization of knowing... I said last week, I said, you know, no one is coming for you. No one is coming to save you. No one is um, is doing none of that, right? And having that understanding, it helps. It creates, like, it, it forces you to challenge yourself, right? The idea that you have to get through the things you need to by yourself It forces you to come up with a plan, a plan of action. It forces you to, you know, think a little bit differently about the things that's going on because it puts you in overdrive, right? And it presses your mind to the max. Like, so you have to get the things needed for you to be in a proper position to move forward, right? I have to be, I have to be, how can I say? I have to be very careful in how I move and not saying nobody else does, but I have to be able to, to move in a proper way that doesn't add extra triggers for myself. It is very easy for you to feel like you are doing the right thing for yourself and it be the wrong thing. It's very easy because uh, we're all human and we fall victim to the, you know, what what should I be doing at, you know, at this age? What like how should I be moving? How should I be speaking? How should I be dressing? Like we all we all get to that. Right. We don't realize how much of that comes from outside opinions. This week, as I was sitting down going through everything, I'm just like really pulling back on perspectives and um, and other people's opinions. Right. Not even just, you know, uh, socially, like meaning strangers stuff, but just personal opinions that people may have about me that um, 
that don't align to who I feel like I am and what I'm what I'm trying to accomplish. So this week was a thinking week for me just because once I'm triggered by something and it starts to flood, I'm like, all right, well, this happened before. So how did I maintain through that? That happened before. How did I get through that? What did I learn from that? How am I going to handle this situation now that it has repeated itself? Right. And it just it, it gets hectic for me. It gets hectic for me. And I've been learning how to, you know, just stop. Like when things start happening, bad or good, I've learned, I've, I've, I've been through enough to where I'm able to pull back and look at it from outside in so that I'm not in my feelings when I make a response. I'm not in my feelings when I, you know, go to try accomplish something. Like I'm not accomplishing or attempting to accomplish anything to prove anybody right or wrong. Um, I'm doing what I'm doing for growth for myself and to make sure that my kids are good in the end. I can struggle all day. I don't care. It is what it is. Like I, I say all the time, when it comes to me as a human being, if it's me by myself, I could be stupid. I could, you know, be, I could be crazy. I could do all those things. But my kids are watching. So my goal is to, if I'm not put in the position or if I'm not in the position that I want to be in, that I see myself in as I'm fighting this journey to get there, um, if I never make it, my kids will still see the determination that I have to get there. And maybe by them seeing that, they will be able to put themselves in a in a position to be where they want to be off bat because I've I've fought the fight. Like I like I I I went halfway for them or a little bit more than halfway. They saw me, you know, how I how I move in relationships. They see how I move with money. They see, you know, my understanding. They see how, you know, I'm apologetic if I'm wrong. Um, they see, you know, even if I'm right, I don't I don't talk to them or treat them like they're less than right. It's the way to deliver everything. And so being able to deal with the intensity of life, but pull myself back to operate from a place of logic is one of the things I'm very proud of of myself because it wasn't always this way. You know, I had a like I was like everyone else for a while and social standards really, you know, hindered me from, you know, figuring out what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do, uh, how I wanted to do things. Right. Even in relationships, you lose yourself and you start to be accustomed to the we aspect of the relationship and you lose your thought process to an extent. You lose your um, your want to accomplish things for yourself and it becomes I need to do this for the family type deal and um, a lot of times that creates resentment if you don't handle it properly right if you if you don't have those conversations with yourself if you don't have that understanding within you to where it's like all right it's cool to to do things for your family it's cool to uh to want to protect and provide and want to put them in the position, you know, to better themselves and stuff like that. But what do you want for you? And how do you, how do you do those things, but also keep yourself in the, in that level field? You know, the responsibility, in my opinion, you know, if I'm protecting everybody, my partner is supposed to protect me. Right. My kids are not supposed to add, extras to whatever the fight is 
I'm not talking about regular kid stuff. Like kid stuff, you're going to get on my nerves. You're going to not take the trash out. You're going to not wa uh, wash the dishes and stuff like that. Like that's regular stuff. But I, what I'm saying is adding to like drama or chaos or, you know, uh, wanting to argue and be bullheaded and stubborn at all times, not wanting to listen, that type of stuff. So because I'm on this, this mission of logic, right, I've always been an emotional being. And that's how I that's how I always moved is in an emotional state because that's just how I am. But as I started looking for peace, as I start trying to to run my own race, I had to dial that down a bit. I had to dial it down a bit because I needed to see the logic of things so that I'm able to explain them to my kids, that I'm that I'm able to so that I'm able to find the right solution of what I'm feeling. You know, I, I picked up my son the other day from work and him and I had a very, very good conversation. Um, and he had brought up the fact that he don't see me a lot for real. Like, like, and when he does, he see me, you know, in a bed or um, dealing with cinnamon now or, you know, just transitioning from work to, you know, in passing. Right. And he, we live together. He's my son. And he's like, yeah, you know, it just seems like, you know, you don't fuck with us for real. And, you know, only time we see you is, you know, when you're trying to rest and stuff. And, you know, we we being loud or you are you're telling us to stop this or stop that. And that's a perspective. That's his feeling. That's what he feels like is really going on. And I had to I had to give him a different point of view. You know, I had to let him know, like, like, son. I said you don't you're not privy to what goes on in in my mind as a as a parent. You don't really pay attention to what's really happening in the house cuz you have no responsibility to pay bills, you have no responsibility to get groceries, you have no responsibility to get yourself, you know, to and from work for real for real, right? And so I I like I let him say, you know, he, he I let him say what he needed to say, and he's like, yeah, it's just crazy. You know, I just feel like um, a few years ago we was in a better place, and, you know, you weren't so much like this and uh, this, that, and the other. And I said, well, you have to take into account that, you know, I lost your sister, for one. I said, so even though that affects you guys, um, it don't affect y'all like it does me. So it's a little bit more difficult for me to to process. Right. I said, as far as you not seeing me and kind of only seeing me in passing, I said, it's because I am exhausted. I am mentally exhausted. I am physically exhausted. I said, and you guys don't do what you're supposed to do to give your portion of help. I said, so I have to get the little bit of rest that I can so I can get up and work the 11 hour shifts. I have to, you know, I have to get up like we, we, we got to move soon. Right. So that's going to take money. I'm not asking him to give me no money. He, he has a job, but I'm not asking him to give me no money. You know, they, they, they don't understand how groceries work. Like everything is just, I'm going to eat, 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 eat. And that's fine. They're kids, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's annoying, but at the end of the day, it's my responsibility to make sure that they are that they are fed. And so we're having this conversation, and I, I realize that he's speaking to me from perspective. He's speaking to me from emotion. He's speaking to me from feelings, which are very, very valid. They are. 
because it's affected him in a way. But I had to I had to switch it up for him and I had to give him a different vantage point. Right. An vantage point is defined as a place or position affording a good view of something. See. Perspective is filling. It's not factual. It's how you feel about a situation, not what you actually see. My son is talking to me from perspective. I'm talking to him from factual advantage or, or, or vantage point, right? So I put him in my position, right? I said, I don't have no financial help from nobody. When we have to move, I have to come up with that. The only way for me to come up with that is two ways. Either I can go back to boosting or I can work the overtime, be exhausted, go to sleep. I don't, I don't have a partner financial. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't get money from nobody. I said, when I get food and you guys just eat it after I'm like, yo, like, look, this is what we got. And you guys just run through it. I said it becomes frustrating because, again, I don't have no financial help. So I have to find ways now to replace the food that was supposed to last two weeks. I got to replace it a week earlier. So that means that I have to work extra. That means that I have to maybe pawn something. Um, you know, like it, 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 I'm telling him this, like, because I want him to understand that the life that is afforded to them, like all they see is that they're getting it. All they see is that they're getting shoes, getting clothes, getting food, uh, getting to and from work. They don't know the stress behind it because it's not their responsibility. But he's 17 now, right? He's 17. He started the conversation. So I wanted to put him in my shoes. And I said, I'm a human being. And the moment you guys start treating me like crazy, I have to erase the idea that you are my child, that you are my children. I said, so think about this. Would you want to be around you if this was happening? I said, if you were responsible for rent, if you were responsible for car, no, for insurance, for medical insurance, for this, for that, if you were responsible for all of that and your kids are just being disrespectful, eating up everything, not only eating up their food, you know, eating, eating your food that you specifically bought for you, you know, um, when you're asked to cook, and you cook exactly what your kid want, and then they end up throwing it away, and like, like not like nothing of it. I said, how would you feel? And he's like, I didn't see it that way. I said, exactly, because you're looking from perspective. You're looking from your feelings. You're looking from reaction. You're not paying attention to your action. I've always had a problem with that in life, where people focus on the reaction. I'm very extreme. If you hit me, I I'm going to try to kill you. I've always been in a position to where you didn't have to respond like that. Well, what about what they did to me? Like this not like you. It, it, this is not an equal or lesser value type thing with me. I'm always going to take it to the extreme, but always in my life, I've always got looked at as overreacting because somebody pushed me down and so I bust them in the head with a bottle. Someone nudges me, so I pushed them down the stairs. Well, they barely touched you. Well, they barely said this, but they did it, though. So talk to them. Like, I'm very big on the root of issues. I'm very big on foundation, good or bad. And so 
that's what I'm trying to teach the kids to have a vantage point to see things, not uh, to see them overfilling them. I'm not saying completely cut your emotions off, but see the facts. It is, I don't care how you feel until we get to the foundation. I don't care that your feelings are hurt because I said this. I can't care about my feelings because you did this or did that until we get to the correct vantage point of seeing what happened. We can never get to feelings until we get to what happened. That's why, like, it, it's it's crazy to me when I see, like, uh, people not wanting to apologize or people not wanting to hold themselves accountable. That's part of the reason why I got to hold myself accountable, because it allows me to reduce the emotions. And I'm able to see. And I'm not I'm not trying to, to lower the emotions to see where you wrong at. I'm trying to lower the emotions to see where I'm wrong at so that I don't respond or I don't act in a way that it's not becoming of who I want to be. Vantage point is the opposite of perspective to me, because I believe that perspective is emotion based um, and the conclusion a perspective is based on feelings attached to how you feel about how something has played out. When we live in a world of I got to be right, you got to be wrong, you don't you lose sight so fast of what really happened. You start adding 100 on 10, you start, oh, well, they did this and they said it because you feel the pain of whatever it is. And a lot of times you don't get to make up time from that, right? Even if there's an apology, even if there's reconciliation, it's always something different from the hurt when you are not looking at what happened. That's why for me, I say a lot of stuff for me um, is a conversation away. If you're not a re uh, repeat offender of, of disrespecting me, um, of, of being fouled towards my family, like if you if it's not a consistent thing, I can have a conversation with you. But because I'm so in line with logic and I'm so in line with the root of whatever issue, I pay attention to how many times you've done this same thing, how many times that you you just feel like you can do and say what you want to do. And then it's like, oh, OK, cool. That's when I that's why I'm able to uh, isolate from certain things and certain people because I've paid attention. It's not emotional for me. It's not about, oh, my God, you made me feel like this. And it's not crying. It's not yelling. It's, it's oh, OK, cool. I, I see there's an issue with you. This is your this is part of who you are. And this doesn't fit with what I'm doing. And so now my vantage point has given me a clear view of what this is. I don't have to say, well, look at it from my perspective. Because I don't have a perspective, per se. I'm not looking at it from emotions. I'm looking at it from facts. This is what you did. I'm provoked. This is what you constantly do. I'm provoked. If I'm still looking at it from perspective, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, they had a bad day or maybe this or maybe, you know, um, like I said before, I've been in a position to where I've been attacked verbally where I know for a fact it had nothing to do with me. It's the perspective of the person giving you the, the yelling, the argument, the tantrum. The person that is closest to you always get the brunt of everything, not because they did anything to you, but because they're the person that is there willing to listen. We all have to learn from that. I had to really learn from that. Like, I ain't, I ain't did nothing to you. So what, what is happening?
But then when you when you are able to see it that way, you are able to be like, yo, I'm not going to tolerate this because I didn't do anything to you. And I'm not going to allow you uh, uh, to attack me because somebody else made you mad. What I've learned through um, looking for the facts and being fact-based uh, fact at the foundation, silence puts you at a disadvantage as a result to perspective. But speaking up does a disservice because that displays a destructive ego. When you don't have your emotions in control, your ego is always going to get the best of you when you're in an argument. Because you could be completely right, but because that person is getting on you or saying certain things or, or swinging low, now you're like, all right, I'm throwing logic out the window. Fuck this. I'm about to go crazy because you're going crazy. And when you're young, that's fine. It's toxic. All right, cool. You have that fight. Um, and then you have the greatest sex you probably ever had in that month because of the fight, yada, yada, whatever. But the thing is, is when, as you get older and your tolerance get, gets lower to, to arguments, to uh, disagreements, to those type of actions, it's like, yo, nah, I'm not doing this. And I'm not allowing you to do this. So you have to find a sweet spot of how to speak up, the right wording, the right tone, so that you don't, um, so that you don't put yourself in a further predicament that you don't want to be in. A lot of us don't like arguing. We just argue because sentiment. We just argue because it's in front of us. We just do it because it's there. We are, we are, all of us are taught, even, you know, it's still, on, it's 2023, and you still see posts like, well, um, if I'm arguing with you, that means I still, I still love you, but if I'm silent, you know, that means that it's over. It's opposite for me. I'm silent because I don't want to say nothing that's going to disrupt our life. I'm silent because I can speak to you in a way and I respect you enough um, to be able to have a conversation with you without yelling at you, without telling you, you know, your bald-headed mama, your ugly-ass dad. Like, I'm, I'm capable of doing that. I don't want to be right. I don't, it's not about right and wrong. I want the conversation to be about healing and moving forward. If I've harmed you or done something to you, yes, be mad, have your, you know, uh, have your feelings and express those, but keep it on that. Keep it on that. Make sure that you are putting yourself in a position to, um, to handle it in a healthy way so that you are not creating more drama for yourself in the end, Right? Did you just, hold on. Girl, did you just pee? Get out of here. So that you are not creating more drama for yourself in the end, right? We have to start understanding who we are as people and what we want in life and how important that is to us. And what are we willing to do to do that? Like, are we, are we going to keep on being emotion-based to the point to where it affects us, um, in our day-to-day, -day, like, are we going to create a healthy balance of logic and emotion, or are we going to keep letting our emotions get the best of us? And for me, I'm at the point in my, in my, uh, my journey of looking for peace and wanting consistency of peace, I'm at this space to where I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue. 
I'm at the space to where um, if you can't, if, if you are unwilling to see the, the root cause of the situation, there's no point of us having a conversation. If you can't see the consistency in your disrespectful behavior, I, it's not for me to point out. Because you're not it, it, like you, you're not accountable. If you lack accountability, I cannot have a conversation with you because it's going to be disruptive of who I'm trying to be. And so the best way that helps me, especially with what I go through mentally, is just understanding it's not a personal thing. I don't care how many arguments I've had with people. I don't care how many people disrespected me or I disrespect or it's not a personal like I'm, I'm at the point where it's not a personal thing. If, if there was a situation that I responded and I was out of character, I don't blame that person. I jumped out of character because I'm looking at it from feelings and emotion and you're not going to do this and you're not going to say that yada yada whatever. But the best place to be is in silence. I'm not here to, you know, give you a review and, oh, well, this person did this, said that, this is how they treated me, don't mess with this person, yada, yada. Like, I'm not here for that. Because in my, in my journey of peace and my, my journey of trying to reduce emotions and look logically, something that is very big to me that I understood. Everybody that you deal with it's not going to treat you the same. I could have a horrible relationship with you as a partner. Right? And go on. You could be like, oh, he's this, he's that, da-da-da-da-da. And to the next person, I'm a godsend. Not because I'm a different person, but because that person brought out something different in me. Even with your friends, I'm a different friend right here than I am right there. Not because I'm fake or phony, but because that friend brings out different things in me. And I had to understand that at its most basic form so that I can, oh, okay, cool. I see that. So it's no point in me going and bad-mouthing nobody. It's no point in me going and trying to put dirt on their name because, again, you get what you bring out of people. No matter how you slice it, romantic, uh, uh, parenting, friendship, uh, work, you get what you get out of people. So if your energy is this way, that's what you're going to get. If you're loving, people are going to show love. If you're aggressive, people are going to show aggression. But until you understand that and get off your high horse, because I had to do that. I had, to, I had to get off this pedestal of everybody need to respect me first. I work so hard. I do this. I do that. And I'm not getting no respect. I had to get off of that. And I had to look at it from a different vantage point. Like, hey, how about you be the energy that you want to receive? And that way, that way, if I'm if I am being what I want to receive and then I'm not receiving it, I can logically say, OK, this relationship, this business deal, this conversation with my kids, it's not for me right now. I got to go back to the drawing board if I want to continue to deal with this person. Right. The idea of a vantage point is to have the best view of something, not 
the right or wrong view just to be the best. We live in a we, we live in a world where everything gets competitive and it doesn't need to be. We live in this 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 world where since my like I have more money than you, so my pain is greater. I'm more sad than you, so my opinion is better. You have to listen to me more because, yeah, you went through something, but it wasn't like this. Yeah, this person, in your, in, in, this person died, and I know somebody died like in your family too, but it wasn't they. They didn't. Ha they didn't have the magnitude. Well, I know you lost your job too, but 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 you worked at the gas station. I lost my job, and I, I worked at a Fortune 500. It's like you get into those competitive natures for no reason because society tells you that's where the value is. The value is in the debate, and that's not where it's at. Or let me not say that's not where it's at because a lot of people feel that way. For me, I can't be in that space. Not only because how my mental is affected right now, but I keep telling y'all, and I'm going to say it again. If you are one of these people like me, mental stress transfers to physical stress for me immediately. There's a certain level of stress that I can maintain, and it just be a mental thing, and I'm just like, all right, I got I to gotta chill. But once it reaches a certain level, my body starts to swell up start getting uh, heart palpitations. The polymyositis starts to flare up, right? And then it's more pain after more pain after more pain. So I had to change my vantage point of how I saw everything so that I'm able to deal with the stress. So I'm able to say, all right, I noticed this landlord being hella shady, being hella greedy, just disrespectful. All right, it's not just a me thing. This is corporate America. It's not an attack on me, Kevin. This is an attack on money. People are greedy, and that's just how it works. Figure it out. When people are saying certain things at work, and it's just like you hear you you hear the rumors and things that people say about you, right? And it's like, all right, cool. That like that ain't about me personally, because this ain't our money. This ain't you don't own this just like I don't own it. So you were saying from a perspective of what you see, you have no idea I'm being paid like I've been like this is my first year and I've been here for ten years. You have no idea how many times that they can you help me with this report? Can you help me with that report? And I'm just doing it without a raise or with a, with a minimal raise. I'm, I'm, I'm 20 years in this field and, and up until recently probably been getting paid like somebody that was two years. You have no idea. But your perspective is I'm not a hard worker. Your perspective is I, I make mistakes here and there. Your perspective is I'm not saying this, but you have no idea how much times uh, how many times leadership reach out to me to complete this task, to do this, to do that. How many times leadership trust me, right? The kids, they have no, they have no idea half the time where food comes from. They have no idea how I'm able to do, like I did the math for them of what everything costs and what I'm bringing in the house. And they was like in awe, like, yo, wait, what? So how are you, I said, 
That's what I'm talking about. I said, so after you all just saw this, it changes your vantage point. Now it's not, oh, I feel like my dad worked a lot of hours. He got a lot of money. So this is nothing. Now you have the correct vantage point. You have the truth. You have the facts. You now see it with your own eyes. This is how much rent is. This is how much food is. This is how much gas is. This is how much your shoes, your clothes. This is how much all that stuff is. But this is how much I bring in the house. Changes everything. Because you're not going off feelings, you're not going off assumptions, you're going off facts. You now see with a better view. You now, by definition, have the perfect vantage point into the thing that you were living in. You didn't know before. And so, in order to get to that space, it's about your foundation. It's about your, like, everything is about context. A puzzle is still incomplete, even if one piece is missing. I don't care how you slice it. If it's a thousand piece puzzle, a uh, puzzle, and you only have nine hundred ninety nine pieces, I don't care how you slice it. It's incomplete. the The picture is incomplete. I don't care. That's just it, it's it's simple facts. It's logic. That piece could be. Uh, uh, something it could be a corner piece it could be a middle piece it could be a piece that has the the final uh uh the optics to to make it perfect if it's not there it's still incomplete and that's how it is in life when a piece of the story is missing that's when perspective kicks in that's when you have to try to add that piece yourself and that's where we get to the white lies. That's where we get to omitting things. That's where we get to perspectives. And I feel this way because of this. And you have to feel this way too. And now I'm adding a piece that wasn't there before to get you to pull, uh, uh, to get you or to pull on your emotions, to pull on your finances, right? When people ask me for, for, for money or assistance and stuff like that, and it's like, I see you, you, you out. Like when you're telling me, oh, I need the money for this, da, 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 da. But I see you on social media going crazy on, on, uh, restaurants. See you going crazy. It's like, no, you're telling me your perspective. Oh, I tried to do this. I tried to do that. But, 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 but it's like, not like from my view, you just spend all your money on having fun. Now you're reaching out to me for assistance. It don't work like that. It, it, it doesn't. So it's important to have the right view of everything that you possibly can while you're dealing with people, while you're trying to help them, while you're trying to help yourself. Sometimes you got to check yourself. Sometimes you got to really be on some, yo, I don't like you, you bugging, but you bugging in a way that you assume a situation is that way, but logically it's not. And sometimes you got to pull yourself back again. It's about accountability. And that's so very important. Um, as you are trying to fight through your mental health stuff, It's important for you to see what it is, not feel what it is. We got that backwards. How are you feeling? Why do you feel that way? How do we get to there? Before feelings, what happened? I don't want to know what you feel. I want to know what happened. If you're incapable of starting out what happened, that's a you problem. 
And I have learned how to, oh, well, you said this and then I said that. And you said this. Well, no, 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 no. That's not what happened. What happened? Well, I feel like your tone was wrong. Well, I feel like you shouldn't have said this. How do we get here? Let's put the full story out. Let's put, let's get the facts right here. And if you, if you are incapable of hearing that, seeing that, like if you are incapable of doing that, it's no point of having a conversation. We got to understand a lot of people have incomplete stories. We can't keep going by people's word. That's why when people are like, oh, that person, they did this, they did that. They shady, they this, they that. Like, I, I, all right, cool, they were shady to you, but what you did? What, what's the full story? How did you present yourself? Because for me, it's not like I, I can't keep worrying about what people are doing to me. I can't keep, I can't let you, like, I can't let you make me miss an opportunity because you handled the situation wrong yourself. Yeah, again, if it if if it's ten stories of somebody being shady, corrupt, yeah, I'm not. I'm probably not gonna gonna deal with that. But if it's just you and your feelings, and oh well, I went in there and they was rude to me and da 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 da. But I know you got a smart mouth. I know you got an attitude problem. So what did you say to that person? What did you What did you do to make them respond that way? How did you like? How did you approach it? And that's why I don't, I don't like, and I don't want to say I don't believe a lot of people. I'm listening for the facts. With my clients, with my kids, with my, I'm, I'm listening for the facts. I got to Like, I can't move forward with emotion um, and help you off of that emotional ledge until I get the full facts. And if you are incapable of holding yourself accountable, we're never going to get there. And we're going to, we, we're going to find ourselves in this repetitive cycle of feeling like somebody did this and feeling like somebody said that and feeling like somebody treated you like this instead of understanding the why. We have to get to a point into our life to where our imaginations are still flourishing. We're able to see the bigger picture. We're able to pay attention to the things. Like if you really think about this, fear is, is something that's taught in adulthood. Kids don't, don't, don't fear. Kids don't pay attention to racism. Kids don't, especially country kids, they don't pay attention to the dangers of animals. They don't like none of, they, listen, I seen this TikTok the other day. Dude was like, he was saying how we encourage movement, right? When we have kids, we can't wait for them to crawl. When they start crawling, we can't wait for them to walk. When they start walking, we can't wait for them to run. But when they say when they start climbing, no, don't do that. That's wrong. No, you're gonna hurt yourself. Well, that's the next stage of movement. You can, you can add fear to your child unknowingly by thinking you're being safe. For me, I'm big on, climb up there if you want to. You got to learn your lesson. I'm not saying that I, that I allow my kids to hurt themselves like, like drastically, but all right, you're going to keep jumping off the bed. You're going you're gonna to bump into the wall and then you're going to be mad. They're going to jump, keep jump, keep jump. They're going to make three jumps perfect. They're going to be smart mouth. See, look, I told you I wasn't going to hurt myself. That fourth one, they're going to crash to the wall. Who's right and who's wrong? You gave them the facts. 
they kept looking at that perspective. Now they have the facts. If I jump like this, I'm going to bang it to the wall. Eventually. But if you don't give them a fear from that, now how do you prevent yourself from crashing into the wall? Or do you think you need some padding just in case? Who knows? Limited belief is a, it's an adult thing. And we have to get back to that point of understanding that we don't have to fear everything. We do have to be cautious. We do have to be understanding. We do have to be respectful of things, animals, people, places. But we don't have to be scared of them. We don't have to have that fear. At what point did we lose sight and understanding? Did we lose sight in trying to grow as people? Did we lose sight as trying to grow mentally? At what point did we lose sight of that? Because as kids, we we didn't care. Like really, really think about your childhood. You could fall, scrape your knee, blood could be gushing out your out your leg. And you're going to scream, 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 whatever. Why? Because everybody is like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. You don't even know if it hurt for real. Right? But guess what's going to happen? You're going to put a bandaid on it, and you're going to go right back and doing the same thing. Because you're not scared. Yeah, you hurt yourself. But you're not scared. It's not until you get to a certain age that you are taught to fear things don't try that it it when i was little it was this like i've always had a fear of dogs i never not let my kid my kids be around dogs that's my fear i i was always open hey if a dog start chasing us i hope y'all faster than me but if you like dogs you like dogs it has nothing to do with me i don't want to give them the perspective uh of of my hurt, of my pain, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stunt their growth. I'm not gonna, uh, uh, I'm gonna do them a disservice as they're trying to, to, to grow, right? And having that foundation, having that proper vantage point, it helps with a lot of things, especially for me with what I'm going through with, you know, the depression, the anxiety, and paranoia, because mental illness affects four things at, it, at its core. It, just, it really does. It affects your thoughts, your perception, your feelings, and your behavior. All these things to me are emotion-based. Your thoughts is an idea or opinion produced by thinking or, or occurring suddenly in the mind. Every day we have random thoughts. Every day, good or bad, whether it's an idea to be creative, whether it's an idea to, to, to kill yourself, whether it's an idea to cook this, clean that, harm this. like it's, we, we have these thoughts that randomly run through our mind daily. If you don't have proper foundation of what you're looking at, it's going to run rampant to an extent to where you are now overly stimulated. You can't control it. And the dark side is going to win, whether the dark side means it just adds to your depression of, you know, I don't have a car. I don't have a place to live. I don't have a stable place to live. I want to eat this, but I can't afford that. I want to do this. I want to do that. And it's effective because you are not looking at the foundation. Once you look at, at a, 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 once you have the proper view of it, you can start, all right, well, 
this is the amount that I need to be paid on the job. This is how much I need to save. This is how much. And you get to the position of this is what I need to get it and get out of the feeling of I don't have it. Perception, the ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through the senses. When you are going through your, your fog, when you are going through, you know, the emotions of it, your perception is changed dang near by the second. Because you see what you don't have. You see you don't have a healthy relationship romantically. You see that... Um, you and your kids are into it. You see that you're at work all the time and it's a stressful environment. Like, that's what you see. You begin to only see the bad parts of the relationships. Not that, yeah, I'm working, I'm, I'm working crazy hours, right? But it's affording me the, the opportunity to pay for the things that I need to pay for. Yeah, me and my kids get into it and stuff like that but you're not seeing they're growing they're learning who they want to be they're standing up for who they want to be are they handling it correctly no but are they growing on yes when you're able to pull back and look at it from that perspective you no longer see it as disrespect you see it as growth and then now because you're pulling back from the perception of what it should be or what you think it should be because you're pulling back and and starting at the beginning now you can teach them Hey, I know this is what you're trying to say to me, but my mind is taking it here and I don't want it. I don't want to take it there. Now, it's, again, it's not about the perception. It's not about those things that that you that are affecting you through your senses. Now it's like, all right, I got the logic of it. So when I feel those things, see those things, smell those things and these triggers come. Now I have the logic of the situation. So now I can communicate better. I can handle it better. Even if you say certain things, I'm not going to react the same way because I've, I've now controlled the perception of, uh, of what it is because now it's not about what you were saying more than it's about how I'm interpreting it. It affects your feelings. Your feelings are an emotional state or reaction. I say it. Listen. We all have high emotions, especially with things that we love to do and people who we love. We have very high emotions. And sometimes those emotions create chaos. Sometimes it, it forces you to overstep boundaries and not be respectful. And not even care that you aren't respectful. Sometimes it makes you be harsh on people because you feel like, yo, you're not getting it, you're not understanding. Again, and I'm talking about those first, those one and two time mistake makers. I'm not talking about people who consistently overstep boundaries and you got to rage to 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 deal with it. Like I told my son when we were having our conversation, I said part of me isolating myself from you all working those hours and you know staying in the upstairs office and working on other things and or just going to get in the bed a lot of that is because I don't want to rage response you guys I said because y'all don't understand that what y'all consider little is compounded on the things that I'm going through as an adult, as a provider, as a father, as a single father, just trying to, to maneuver through life. Y'all don't know what's going on for real. 
because it's not certain things is just not your responsibility. I said, so my feelings get very heightened. My emotions get very heightened and I don't want a rage response to you all because again, depression doesn't know you're my son. When I'm going through panic attack, it don't, like it don't know you, my kids. So my responses could be wild. And because I know that, I got to chill because I, I, I understand that something that I might say could, could rupture our father-son relationship. It could rupture how you see me as a man. It could rupture how I see you as a young man, as my son. In, in a romantic relationship, I could say something that ruptures a relationship between somebody that I really love and vice versa. Knowing that mental illness affects these things to the core, these are things that I focus on. These are things that I tell my clients, hey, get to the foundation. As long as we can get to the beginning, as long as we can retrace our steps back to the beginning, we can erase all the emotions, um, all the feelings, all the extras, sit on that foundation or sit at the beginning, and then now we can properly apply emotion. We could properly apply accountability. We could properly apply those feelings that should be there from facts. Our behaviors change with mental illness. I've always been an introvert, hermit type person, but I've always been an out, uh, uh, outgoing, how can I say it? I've never been this dark. I 100% know my behavior has changed, especially since losing Kennedy. I 100% know that. And it's no one else's fault. No one's going to be able to help me through that but me. And that's what, that's what and how, you know, I'm processing. Um, that's what and how I'm processing everything that um, I need to. Because... For whatever reason, I'm more on the side of making sure the people I deal with understand how this works more than I am trying to get them to see my feelings, to see, oh, I'm hurt, I'm this, I'm that. Like, I'm, I'm that, that ship is came away. It's not about that. I want to make sure that I'm being the best version of me, that I can be to people I love and, and, and I'm around. Right. I told my son, I said, I really don't like this behavior that I have of isolation when it comes to y'all. I said, but you guys don't. You guys don't do it, do it justice because of how you act. Because I constantly have to argue with you, because I constantly have to tell you things that are not regular kid things. Right. And so. It just becomes this thing where. How do you, how do you combat your mental illness when it's a solo journey, but you're responsible for so many people? Because I know this, this thing changes my behavior. All I have is isolation.
I can't keep saying, well, you don't treat me like this or you don't love me like that or you don't take this into, I can't keep saying that. It's taking too much out of me to keep fighting you to treat me with respect, right? It's taking too much out of me to try to convince you that something is wrong. I'm not just sitting here wallowing in depression. Every day I try to do something to get out of it. Every day I try to make a, a, a better situation from every day. Some days are better than others. But I don't have time to try to convince you that what I'm going through is very serious. I don't have I, I have to look at it from a different vantage point. I have to say, okay, they're not going through it, so they it's not as important to them. They don't understand it fully, so it's not as important to them. I can't keep wasting time on that. I have to apply my time to all right, what are you doing to fix it? How are you like like what are you doing to get better? What what studies are you doing? What exercises are you doing? What are you what are you doing? Like really knowing that these are the four things that, you know, that mental illness fully affect. This is why I work daily and center myself around logic. And I attempt to reduce the emotion of situations so that I can act accordingly. Because one thing about me is that I've learned my lesson from emotional responses, meaning the lashing out, meaning the you hurt me, so I got to hurt you. I learned my lesson from that. Not even from just, you know, my my last real relationship, but just in life in general. It ain't, why am why I trying to hurt you more? That's not doing nothing but prolonging the situation. All right, you hurt me. Cool. I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to be a punk and just let you continue hurting me. But all right, cool. You hurt me. I'm going to respond accordingly, but I'm not going to add extras to it. And I'm not going to add it. Uh, I'm not going to add a response or action to keep it going. All I'm going to I'm going to remove myself. I'm going to remove myself. Like allowing myself to, to reduce the emotions of the situation, it allows me a different vantage point. It allows me to see clear and give myself a fight and chance against the ways depression affect me. Right? Y'all don't know in the middle of an argument, I'm still depressed. Y'all think I'm regular. You don't know like why I'm cooking and, and trying to be happy and do like you have no idea because you're looking at perspective. You don't have the you don't see me every day. You don't see what I go through every day. So the vantage point is different. You only have feelings. You only have the things that I'm able to get off my chest and tell you. And so that's why we have to work hard within the the groups that we're in, the friends. Uh, that we have the relationship. That's why we have to work hard to hold ourselves accountable and be very clear in how we deliver our uh, our thoughts. How we, you know, if we're feeling away. We got to be very clear on how we deliver that so that we're not harming people. You know, and the ways to 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 do to get yourself on a straight and narrow. You got to lead by example. And I'm saying not lead by example, like we we always lead our, our families, our friends, our kids, yada, yada, whatever. I'm saying lead yourself by example. Be honest to yourself. Start with little things so that you can uh, 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 gain so much trust in yourself that you're able to be better. Stick to your value. Stand on your shit. Stop saying, oh, I was raised that way. This person taught me this. No, you are old enough to have your own values that you have that you have maintained throughout your adult life, that you gain understanding through going through actual situations like you have your own values that you can stand on. Like you, you have to be able to do that. 
be be clear about your intentions and your motives. Stop being shady, right? If something wrong, say something wrong. If you're going through something, say I'm going through something. Stop looking for somebody to, to read between the lines and offer you help and, and uh, run to your safety without knowing the full story of what's going on. Be clear with, with yourself. Why am I talking to this person? Why am I expressing this feeling with this person? My favorite one is set and protect your boundaries. Stop giving up. Stop feeling so guilty or stop feeling uh, sorry for the person you had to set boundaries with. I'm learning that abusers get really nice when they lose the thing that they're abusing. They'll be so nice to you. It's like, like, why do you miss abusing me? I'm so confused by that. But then I start looking at it like abuse is an addiction. And without that thing, without that addiction, without access to that, that drug that you abuse, of course, your, your behavior is going to change. Your mental is going to be different because you don't have that thing there to abuse. So set your boundaries, get away from stuff like that, stand on it. Don't make it, don't make yourself feel bad for wanting to be away from people and wanting to do your own thing. Do things that help you become a better person. Not what society says is better, but what you feel like is a better person. Set your goals and, 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 and not just your short-term goals, but your long-term goals and pay attention to them. No matter how long it takes you to get there, if that's a goal of yours, just keep paying attention to it. My brother always tells me, yo, you got to attach it to the end goal. Whatever you're doing, attach it to the end goal. And that's something that I've been, that I've been really holding on to and, and trying to work out with myself. Lastly, you have to focus on the route of the highest possible good for you. I say this at work all the time, and I've applied this to my life. I'm done with workarounds. Because these workarounds are not the highest possible good. These workarounds are, are deterrents to where you're supposed to be. It takes you so far off of where you're headed that then you lose sight of that goal. You get uh, destructive. You get distracted of what you're trying to accomplish. I've learned now in this journey that no matter what's in front of me, if it's in my way, I'm going to stand there until I figure it out, till I'm able to break it down or get through it. I'm no longer going around it. I'm no longer making these makeshift roads and these, these, these mental blocks to, to try to hide it, to try to suppress it. No, I'm going to fight it head on because that's what I have to do to be able to have a good view. I don't want to look at the perspective of things. I don't want the feeling of it. I want to have the perfect vantage point to see what I'm supposed to be so I can move factually throughout my life. And that's just what it is. Yo, we got to go through something to get somewhere. I'm super glad that y'all able to do that with me. And I want y'all to remember that no matter the darkness, as long as we have air in us, we have the opportunity to get to the light. Peace.
Yo, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to www.peacefullyflawed.com for your Poetic Properties merch uh, and your Peacefully Flawed apparel. Get you a copy of King's Collective, which is a book of poems written by yours truly. Um, also, The Second Power is over there. It's a poem that I recently released a while back, and I promise you guys I am getting ready to get back to recording and um, getting the new uh, spoken word album mastered so that I can release it. Again, www.peacefullyflawed.com. If you want to um, donate to the podcast, head over to Good Pods. It's one of the best podcast apps out right now. You can contact and be in live connection with your favorite podcast host. You can rate your uh, favorite pod right there uh, in real time. You don't have to wait and go looking for it. Um, It's a tip jar over there. Again, great app for podcast hosts and listeners. If you want to donate to the business overall, head over to The Complex on Twitter. There is a tip jar over there. And if you are just a person or people who like, comment, and share, I appreciate you all the same. It's all love. Again, www.peacefullyflawed.com for all things complex. You guys have a great day. And remember, no matter the darkness, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light.